heard it again, but I just want to read it again for your hearing, and I want to uh, read in the um, <laughs> NIV version. Let's say amen for this worship and praise team on this morning who, who, who um, as we say, set it up and set it off on this morning. So thank you for, for making preaching easier on this morning. Amen. John chapter 5. Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now there is in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate a pool, which is in Aramaic called Bethesda, and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed, one was there who had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool. When the water is stirred, while I am trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat and walk. May the Lord bless the reading and hearing of his righteous and his holy way. You may be seated in his presence for a few moments on this morning. And I'm not going to ask you to uh, high-five anybody or walk around and slap five people. I, I, I just need y'all to say amen. Amen. So uh, uh, we do that and we can go home by about 2 o'clock today. You, you, amen. <laughs> Here in this chapter. I want to set this up. Look at the circumstances. First of all, Jesus comes into Jerusalem uh, totally committed to the law as a good Jew. All Jews have to visit Jerusalem at least three times a year. You're going to visit for the Feast of Passover, you're going to visit for Pentecost, and you're going to visit for the Feast of Tabernacles. Verse 2 mentions the sheep gate. That's the gate, the entrance where the sheep came in before they were sacrifice. By the gate is a pool called Bethesda. Now, now I know you all know this. Beth means house of. Bethlehem, house of bread, where Jesus was born because he is the bread of life. Bethsaida, Beth, house of fish. It is where Jesus feeds over 5,000 people and still has food to throw away. Bethany, house of has to call back his friend Lazarus from the dead. Then we've got Bethesda, house of mercy, where Jesus is about to give mercy to a man who probably did not even deserve it. Verse 3 says that there were a great number of people, and the Bible describes them. It says, first of all, they're impotent, which means they were weak, and they were needy, and they were without strength. There are some blind folk there who cannot see. Not only are there some blind folk, but the Bible also says in the King James Version that there are some lame and halt people, which simply means that they were missing a limb. Then there are the, those who were withered, which means that they were either washed up, dried up, and there were parts of their body that were without natural juices. Let me push this a little bit. Verse number four says, they were sitting by the water. And the original text says that they were expecting an angel to come down and stir up the waters. Please understand something, that that was a superstition. Because first of all, angels have no healing power. 
Come on, come on. All healing belongs to Jesus. Verse 5 says, there was a man who had been there for 38 years. 38 years. We don't know if he was 38 years old. We don't know. We just know that this man had been in this position for 38 years. Can, can you imagine having to have somebody take care of you for 38 years? Somebody's got to help you walk. Somebody's got to help you get dressed. Somebody's got to help you get to food. Somebody's got to help you get to necessities. Somebody's got to help you do everything for 38 years. Now, two things going to happen. Either folk are going to get tired of helping you. Or you're going to get tired of doing every, having everybody do something for you. 38 years. He's been in this same position. He is lame. He can't walk. Now, in other words, he's watching folk walk by him, doing things he wants to do, wishing and hoping for 38 long years. But Jesus knows. Jesus knows how long this man has been in this position. Jesus knows how long his life has been messed up. Jesus knows just how long that this man has been in this decrepit, messed up situation. After Jesus sees him, Jesus knows what's going on. Jesus says this to him. Do you want to be made whole? Now y'all missed this here. Jesus asks him, do you want to get up from your situation? Jesus is asking him, do you want to change? Jesus is no doubt asking him, do you want to, watch this, either start walking for the very first time, or do you want to start walking again? Jesus is offering him a situation that will change his life. Now, now, now before you say that, isn't that a crazy question? Some folk like they where they are. Some folk like to stay in a down position. Some folk like folk feeling sorry for them. Some folk like staying in a lazy position. Some folk like staying in a position of submission. Some folk like to stay down. Matter of fact, now we got to pray for them because some folk have been down so long that they think that is the only position that they know. Come on, listen, I, I deal with recovering addicts all day long, all week long. And the wonderful thing that happens when I saw the person for the first time, they were down. But thank God that they hear the voice of Jesus. Y'all got to understand that even with a broken wind, you can still hear the voice of Jesus. Uh, even when things are going on in your life, you can still hear the voice of Jesus. Even when your circumstances are not perfect, you can still hear the voice of Jesus. Even when you're going through, you can still hear the voice of Jesus. And then nothing gives me greater joy than to hear men and women get up from their situation. So he's got to ask him, do you want to be made whole? And y'all, the reason that he's got to ask him this question is because I found out that some folk not only like to stay where they are, but they will make every reason not to move. 
they will give every excuse not to change their situation. And sometimes all we got to do is just get up. Listen, listen. Sometimes all we got to do is just get up. Listen, it doesn't take a church retreat to change your ways. I, I, I'm, I'm not throwing, you all understand what I'm saying. We, we need retreat, but, but, but some of us can just need to stop. Listen, sometimes, listen, all the oil, <laughs> I can anoint you, I can give you a shower in oil. But if you don't make a step, I, I, can, I can lay hands on you from now to Christmas. But if you don't make a step, let, let me help. Listen, we, we can have all the faith that we want. Listen, I know you are getting ready for a building, friend, and God bless you on your meeting. But watch this. Faith without works is dead. We have our meetings and, and, and at church, and we start talking about business. And I tell them, listen, I can't take my Bible to the gas company. I, I have to take money to the gas company. I, I, I can't take my tracks to the water department. I've got to take funds. In other words, I've got to do something also. We, we got to understand something on this morning that God will do something, but he also wants us to get involved. Let me, oh, come on, come on, come on. When Lazarus gets called back from the dead, Jesus has the power to bring him back. We know this. But before he calls Lazarus back, he tells the people, move away the stone. When Jesus is at the wedding of Cain of Galilee, we know that he's got power to turn the water to wine. But before Jesus turns the water to wine, he tells the people, fill up the water pots. I'm simply trying to help somebody here this morning. Sometimes you got to get involved in your own miracle. Sometimes you got to do something. Sometimes you've got to do more than just trust God. You've got to step out on him. My mom, my mom used to make this statement all the time when we laugh, and, and she would make this statement, and my mother was not a very educated woman, but she loved God. I said she was not a very educated woman, but she loved God. I'm going to come back to that in a moment. Listen, and, and she would always tell us, you know, uh, you make one step, the Lord will make two. I went on to Bible college and did all this. And, and every time my mom would make that statement, I would challenge her. But the older I got, the less I challenged her. Y'all going to get that on tonight. The older I got, the less I challenged her because I didn't realize that when I do something, the Lord does twice of what I can do. So maybe mama's theology wasn't right, but her thought process was correct. You got to step out on God and let him make some changes. So he says, do you want to be made whole? Do you want to get up? From your situation, and in verse number seven, the man starts making excuses. The first thing he says, church, is that I don't have anybody to help me into the pool. I wish I could paraphrase it. Jesus said, listen, I didn't ask you about anybody else. I asked you, do you want to be made whole? Well, Pastor, I, I, I would come to Bible study, but I don't have a rod. Pastor, I, listen. God is not asking your neighbor if he wants to change. God's asking you. 
I, I would get into the pool, but I need somebody to assist me. Jesus says, I'm not asking about anybody assisting you. I'm asking, do you want to be made whole? Lord, I would get in, but the temperature's not right. I'm not asking about the temperature. I'm asking, do you want to be made whole? I'm not asking about the folk behind you. I'm asking you, do you want to be made whole? I'm not asking about the folk on the right or the left. I'm asking you, do you want to be made whole? Y'all hear here's what I'm Here's what I find out. Some folk have a desire to change, but no means. That's called a reason. Some folk have the means to change, but no desire. That's called an excuse. You're going to get that later on about 2 o'clock tonight. Jesus says, do you want to be made whole? This man doesn't have a reason, y'all, but he's putting up excuses because his change agent had already come. If there was anybody that was going to be able to make the change, it was going to be Jesus. Notice he doesn't come to Jesus, but Jesus comes to him because he knows just what he needs. Jesus does not want this man to stay in this place. Jesus wants him to move. Look at the folk that are around. Look at the folk that are in this crowd that Jesus encounters. First of all, they are blind folk in the crowd. And when you're blind, I don't mean to harm you. can't see. You can't see what's in front of you. Somebody's got to tell you what you have. Somebody's got to point out things to you. Somebody's got to tell you what's there. Not only is there a blind crowd, but also there is a halt crowd. And what we mean by halt, y'all, is simply this. There were limbs missing. There were folk who might not have had a leg or arm. In other words, here's the thing. For those who were not able to walk straight, they look fine sitting down. But if you ask them to do anything, then you can see where the problem was. As long as they sat, they were fine. Just don't ask them to walk anywhere. There were those who had missing arms. They were fine. Just don't ask them to reach anywhere. In other words, they looked like they were fine until they were asked to do a task. Then you had the impotent crown. No power. All my children down. Well, y'all, y'all work with me here. Impotent. No strength. You are just not able to. Then you got the withered crowd. The withered crowd. The withered crowd. No juice, no flow, no energy, no nothing. They just sit there and they're lifeless. Their eyes are open and their mouths might move, but there was nothing to them whatsoever. They're just there. Bumps on a log. Having no effect on what's going on in their lives. And if we're honest with ourselves, many of us have been in this situation. Many of us, before we got right with God, watch this now, you can actually come to church and still not be right with God. Come on, ask Judas. You can be in the company of Jesus and still not be right with God. It is possible to know about Jesus but not know him in a personal relationship. Well, for those who are here this morning, for those who are in the house this morning, for those who are in the crowd this morning, some of us can't stay where we are. God is looking for some of us to make a move. God wants some of us to do better this year than we did last year. He wants some of us to do better next year than we did this year. We can't stay in this place. Well, 
What are the crowds that some of us are? And some of us this morning are not here, are in the blind crowd. You can't see all the good things that Jesus has done for you. You can't see the blessings. You can't see the chances. You can't see all the wonderful stuff that he's doing for you in your life. Not only are some folk in the blind crowd, but some folk are in the hawk crowd. They just look good being a Christian. Got a good Bible. Got a good cross. Got a good dictionary. But have no real relationship with Jesus. Might even show up to Sunday morning service. But after Sunday morning service, that's it. They'll turn Jesus on on Sunday and they'll pick him up on next Sunday. Not only do you have the heart crowd, but then you got the impotent crowd. No power whatsoever. If there ought to be power any place, it ought to be in the church. We, we, but the Bible says that we have dunamis power. And that simply comes from the word dynamite. Or dynamite comes from dunamis. And you know that if you put a stick of dynamite next to a building and you light it, it will change the whole effect of the building. In some cases, the stick of dynamite might even cause the building to come down. I'm simply saying on this morning, look at here, there is some power in here this morning. And we ought to be able to change anything and everybody that we go around. Folk ought to know that when we've been in the house. Folk ought to know when we've been on the job. Folk ought to know when we've been in the house, even when we're around unsafe folk. There ought to be something different about us. Listen, there, listen, there ought to be something different about us that'll make cussing folk just cuss a little less. Come on, come on, come on, come on, somebody. The Bible says that we are the salt of the earth. And I know you know that salt does not get rid of corruption, but it slows down the process. So you might not have some folks stop cussing, but your presence ought to make them stop cussing just a little bit longer. Then you've got your withered crowd within the body. This crowd has lost their juice. They've lost their joy. They've lost their praise. They can't remember the last time that they had a shout. Can't remember the last time that they lifted up their hands. Can't remember the last time that they've had some real joy. They complain about how things used to be and how we used to do it that way. And we used to do it that way. And we used to do it like this. And they just have not figured out why their lives are still the same. Somebody in the house needs to realize that you can't stay in the place that you're in. God is calling you to something so much better. I said God is calling you to something so much better. He's calling you to something so much bigger, something so much more wonderful. Listen, listen, he's calling you to something that you are not even ready in your spirit to handle, but God will get you ready for what he is preparing you for. But you got to realize that you can't stay in this place. You, you can't stay not coming to Bible study. You can't stay in the place of not coming to prayer. Man, you can't stay in the place of not coming to worship. You can't stay in the place of not giving him praise when he deserves it. And look what he does. And I'm going to get out of you. Look what he tells the man. Look how he changes his life. The first thing that he tells him is that he tells him to get up. Get up. Get up. Wait, wait, wait a minute. Not, not go to prayer meeting, but get up. Not call for the elders, but get up. 
not to anoint yourself, but get, and I'm not, please understand, I'm not knocking those things because I believe in them wholly, but sometimes God wants us to just get up. And, and, and what he says, get up, he said, listen, do something new. Listen, he's giving him an impartation of strength. I'm not empowering you to do something new. I want you to do something different. You've been laying there for 38 years. I need you to get up. I need you to change your horizontal position to an upright position. I, need, I don't need you to do anything. I just need you to get up. Then after you get up, I need you to remove the thing that had you bound. I want you to take your bed. I want you to move the bed. I want you to move that thing that kept messing you up. Y'all, this morning somebody need to get up and we need to move some things or some people that have kept us bound. Because sometimes we got to get rid of some people and we got to get rid of some things. And we got to get rid of some people and we got to get rid of some things. And I'm going to say this last time again and we got to get rid of some people. So he tells him, get up, take your bed, and then he says, I want you to walk. I want you to walk. Y'all got to understand something. I'm, I'm, I'm from South Philly, and, 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 and I know some of the OGs. And when they would walk, there was something about the way that they walked. It was not hurried. It was not fast. It was in a slow, steady pace. In other words, they strolled. I remember one time a gang war broke out on 21st and Federal Street. And they were shooting back and forth across. The, and this is a true story. I kid you not. There was an OG I remember the name was Craig West. While they were shooting and fighting, Craig West never ran. First of all, he was too cool to run. <laughs> he didn't look around. He didn't halt. He didn't get nervous. He didn't get scared. Here's what he did. He just walked through that situation. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. I already said early on this morning, they that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall walk and not faint. I'm simply trying to tell somebody on this one, God wants you to get up, get rid of that mess, and walk to where he wants you to go in. Don't worry about what's around you. Just walk on in the Lord. Don't worry about who's behind you. Walk on in the Lord. Don't worry about what's ahead of you. Walk on in the Lord. Don't worry about your circumstances. You walk on the Lord. You know why? Because he's got you. Come on, he's got you this morning. But he wants to move you, and he wants to use you. But you can't move until you get tired. Until you get tired, until you get sick and tired of being the place that you're in. Amen.
Come on, let's pray. Father, we thank you. We bless you. We magnify you again, God.